Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. Lift your hand and say, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. So uh, our life is going to get better, and we're living in the best days of our life. October should be awesome. November? even more awesome, and then December awesome, to, uh, year 2024, it just gets better. So t uh, 2019 was better than 2018. 2020, uh, unfortunately for some people it wasn't, but it was good for me. It was the best year of my life uh, up to that time. And then 2021, it even got better. And 2022, man, it got even better. And 2024, well, we know it's going to get better because Jesus declared it. Can you say amen? And he declared that we are now seated. When? Now. Say, now we are seated. Uh, the Bible says that when Jesus ascended into heaven, uh, he took his place at the right-hand side of the Father, above all principalities, powers, name, uh, any name that can be named in this age and the age to come, over all power. Then in Ephesians 2.6, 2, uh, 2, the Bible says that we are seated together with him in heavenly places. So we're seated so high that we're just looking at the devil. He's down there in his kingdom and in this world. We are in this world, but we're not of this world. Can you say amen? And then the word that we, I want you to, and that I'm going to instill in your hearts this morning, which is very important, is the word that... Uh, uh, the Bible reveals about you when you accepted Jesus, and that is the word espoused, okay? Uh, in our vernacular, our English language, nowadays language, we use uh, engage. So we have been espoused to the Lord, to be the bride of the Lord in the near future. Say that with me. We are espoused. Yeah, we're betrothed to the Lord. Hallelujah. So we are espoused, we are engaged right now. The moment one person gives his life to Jesus, he becomes engaged, all right? Now, we're not talking about engaged, uh, you know, from a Western perspective, all right? From uh, this side of the world. We don't even know what marriage really is, right? We're talking about uh, Jewish, uh, Jewish terminology, all right? And if we read the Bible through the eyes or from a Jewish perspective, we will understand the true meaning of it. So we are espoused to the Lord. Hallelujah. And then in 1 John 5, 4 says, whatever is born of God. Say that with me. Whatever is born of God overcometh the world. Say that with me. Uh, he that is born of God or whatever is born of God overcometh the world that's describing what you should be how you should be living all right so uh has overcome the world and this is the victory that has overcome uh, this is the victory that has overcome the world our faith so we have already been declared that we are overcomers more than conquerors can you say amen hallelujah but all this of who, of who we are and what we possess, uh, it's, it's, it's a reality if we understand uh, who we are and we exercise our authority. You have to know who you are and you have to 
exercise your authority. And the only way you can exercise your authority, you've got to open your mouth. Uh, some people keep their mouth shut, but for other things, they don't. They uh, declare everything negative. But the Bible tells us that we have the sword of the spirit. The sword of the what? The sword of the spirit, which is the rhema. And whatever you believe in your heart becomes a, a sword when it comes out of your mouth. So believers have to open their mouth up and exercise their authority. Jesus said, whatsoever you shall bind here will be bound in heaven, and whatsoever you shall be loosened here shall be loosened in heaven. So as we exercise our authority, uh, using our mouth, because death and life are in the power of the tongue. There's no neutral ground. You're either speaking death or you're speaking life. And we ought to speak life. When we declare by his stripes I am healed, you're declaring life. No plague will come near my dwelling place. If every believer would have declared that in December of 2019, COVID would not have come to you. All right? It would not have come to your house if you would have declared that. But Christians just... Uh, they just went with the, with, the, with the lane of the world, with the current of the world, and they did exactly what the world did. The world said, put on the mask, they put on the mask. The COVID is on you. Man, they were all afraid just as much as the world. But we are in this world, but we're not out of this world. And once again, we are the, we're the espouse to the Lord. Lift your hand and say, I am the spouse to the Lord. I'm engaged to the Lord. Praise God. So this morning, I will be sharing with you uh, uh, the two phases, uh, or the second coming has two phases, all right? Two stages, two phases, all right, and uh, of the church. So the two phases are described for the words for and with. In other words, Jesus is coming for the church. Somebody say, coming for the church. He's coming for his bride, all right? And then he's going to come with his bride, for his bride, with his bride. Those are the two phases of the second coming. Now, the second coming is not the rapture. It is the physical, it is the physical, uh, visible return of the Lord to this earth. Does everybody understand that? And Jesus said... That before he comes the second time, I'm, I'm talking about when he comes with the church, when he when it's visible, physical return of the Lord to set up his kingdom here on planet Earth. The Bible says that preceding that will be the great tribulation. Okay, you've heard of that. Now, most people in this world, they've heard of uh, 666. They've probably not heard of anything else, but you mentioned 666. Ah, I know what that is. It's a mark. Yeah, it's a mark on your right hand or on your forehead. And during those uh, 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 great, uh, during the Great Tribulation, the Antichrist will appear. He will manifest, all right? So the second coming is really not a mystery. And it's, you can see it, you can hear it, you can see it throughout the New Testament, Old Testament. Then we get to the New Testament, one in every, this is average, one in 30 uh, verses of the New Testament 
The, it talks about the second coming of the Lord. So it's a major subject. Now, it wasn't until the age of 23, that was the first time I heard that Jesus was coming back again. I never heard of that, never. First 23 years of my life. I'd come back from the Vietnam War, and I went directly, as soon as I came out of the Army, I went directly to the University of New Mexico. And it was at the University of New Mexico, not in the classroom now, because they're not going to teach that. Uh, it, it was me being at the University of New Mexico. I was connected. That was a God thing, God connection. He connected me with several people, and they began to share with me about the second coming. I said, what? What in the world? How could that be? You mean a uh, Jesus is coming back the second time? And I began to learn. It's a long story, but God used that theme that subject, very important subject, to catapult me into the ministry. So uh, the last 50 years have been great because of this subject here. And, and we're looking for the second coming. In the other ministry, uh, I'm teaching the whole, the whole month on the second coming of the Lord. Then on Sunday night, I will begin, uh, I'm starting the book of Revelation. Uh, how long does that take? I don't know how long it's going to take, but it's very, very important that we know and understand the book of Revelation because it describes the greatest event in human history, and that is the coming of the Lord visibly and physically to this planet. Does everybody understand that? All right. So the great tribulation will precede the coming of the Lord, and the Lord will orchestrate uh, 21 judgments. Now, when we talk about the, 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 the great tribulation, we're not talking about something that is that we uh, can wrap our minds around. It is so horrible, and I'll, and I'll read that in a couple of moments, some of the uh, scriptures. It is a horrible time. And the, uh, the tribulation, uh, the Bible describes it as the wrath of God. Say that with me, the wrath of God. So those seven years are the, are the, uh, is the 70th week of Daniel. In order for us to understand end times and understand the book of Revelation, we have to understand the book of Daniel. And in the book of Daniel, chapter 9, we're not going there. I'm just going to give you some highlights this morning. Uh, in the book of Daniel, chapter 9, verse 24 to 27, he talks about uh, 77s, 70 weeks, which are 490 years, that have been decreed over Israel, over the, peop the uh, over the people of Israel, over the Jewish people, and the holy city. So of the 70 weeks, uh, 69 weeks have been fulfilled already. 69 of the 70. So 69 of 70, how many weeks do we have left? We have one week. Say that with me, one week left, which uh, is seven years, all right? So after the 69th week, because Daniel, 600 years before Christ, he revealed that the Messiah would be cut off. He would die not for, him, for himself but for his people. After the 69th week, he would be crucified, and he was, all right? 
And then after that, uh, there was an interval or a gap between the 69th and the 70th. There's only one more week left. And that 70th week, which is the one week that is lacking, is the Great Tribulation or the 70th week of Daniel, all right? And when Jesus described it, it is not, hype, uh, it is not exaggeration. Somebody say it's not exaggeration. No, Jesus is not exaggerating. He said in Matthew 24, verse 21 through 22, For then will be a, gr a great tribulation such as has not been since when? Since the beginning of the world until this time. No, nor ever shall be. So what Jesus is saying, whatever's coming, whatever's coming in the future, that 70th week of Daniel, there has never, ever been a time on planet Earth like that time, all right? Nor ever shall be. And unless those days be shortened, no flesh. How much? No flesh shall be saved, but for the elect's sake, those days will be shortened. He's talking about the Jewish people in those days, all right? And then in Daniel, which is 600 years before Christ, at that time, Daniel chapter 12, verse 1, at that time, Michael shall stand up. The great prince who stands, watch over the sons of your people. And there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation even to that time. And at that time, your people shall be delivered, everyone who is found written in the book. And the angel is making reverence, uh, reference to God's people uh, or the Jewish people, all right? So the second coming is not a surprise, all right? In Revelation, it talks about 42 months that the Antichrist is going to uh, be given authority, all right? And, uh, uh, and he's coming. He's coming. Now, the Antichrist would want to come tomorrow, all right? He's ready. The devil's ready uh, to use this, uh, this one person, but he cannot until God uh, allows him to come. Does everybody understand that? God's in control. Lift your hand and say, God is in control. So in 2 Thessalonians 2, 7, the Bible describes it this way. For the mystery of lawlessness, of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restraineth will do so until he be taken out of the way. And we know that that's the work of the Holy Spirit. Uh, within the church that is now restraining and keeping back. Once the church is gone, then uh, uh, the Antichrist or the devil has uh, the legal right to come and, and, and make his appearance, and he will, he will make a covenant with Israel at the beginning of the week of the seven years, the 70th week, and at the middle of the week he will break uh, that covenant, all right? So there are 21 major events that God is going to orchestrate to do what? He's go, uh, this planet is on a trajectory to crash. Does everybody understand that? All the kingdoms, all the, the nations, they will be brought to, to nothing just about, all right? Uh, because of what Jesus is going to use. It is the wrath of God and, it, and the wrath of God is described 
uh, as the, uh, from Revelation to verse uh, to chapter 19, it is the wrath of God coming upon this world. It is a horrible time. We just read what Jesus said, okay? It is a horrible time. So that is uh, the second coming. The second coming, once again, it is after. Somebody say after. After the great tribulation, and it will be the physical, visible, physical return of the Lord. Every eye shall see him. Does everybody understand that? And when he comes, he comes after uh, the world is in total destruction, and he will set up his kingdom for 1,000 years. And when he does come, he will take the Antichrist, and he will take the false prophet, I don't understand this, but it says it. They will be cast alive into the lake of fire. They will be the first ones going to the lake of fire. And the, and the devil, when Jesus comes, will be cast into the abyss to wait uh, a little opportunity uh, at the end of the thousand years. And then he will be cast into the lake of fire where the false prophet and the Antichrist is at. And then all those that have rejected Jesus. Everybody understand that. So that's the second coming. The second coming is not to be uh, mistaken for uh, the other phase of what we say the, the coming of the Lord. So there are two phases. It is the rapture and the second coming. And, and at the beginning... Uh, of the or before the great tribulation, the Lord is going to rapture the church. Somebody say he's going to rapture the church. Now, the word rapture is not uh, in any of the translations except the uh, Latin Vulgate. It, it's the word there, rapture. But in the other translations from the Greek, it's, it's the word caught up. All right, so a uh, snatch, caught up. So the Lord is going to snatch his people, and we are going to meet the Lord. Now, when he comes for his church, he will not come down to the earth. Does everybody understand that? Uh, the second coming, he comes visibly, physically to the earth. But when he comes for his bride, because he's coming for his bride, we will meet him in the air. That's what the Bible says. We will meet him in the air. We will be uh, transformed if you're alive. Let's say if Jesus came this morning at this moment, we would be transformed for a, with a new body. But the, new, the, but the believers, all of the believers that have already died and gone to heaven, absent from this body to be present with the Lord, all right? Uh, all those people will get their body first. Does everybody understand that? So the Bible tells us that the rapture uh, is to remove his bride or remove those that have been espoused to the Lord, all right? And in 1 Thessalonians, I'm giving you this, so I'll give you a basis here. 1 Thessalonians 1.10 says this, And to wait for the Son of Heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, who delivers us from what? From the wrath to come, all right? So uh, the tribulation is a wrath of God, all right? So Jesus comes for his bride uh, to deliver us from the wrath, his wrath that is going to come on the earth. And then in 1 Thessalonians 5, 9 says, for God did not appoint us to what? He did not appoint us to what? To wrath, 1 Thessalonians 5, 9. But to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus, praise God. 
So the rapture, and I want to I wanna make sure that I instill this in you. The rapture, the coming of the Lord for his bride, is an essential ingredient, all right, in God's plan. It's an essential uh, ingredient in God's plan. Number one, it is to give us a glorified body. This body right here, uh, it cannot enter heaven. Does everybody understand that? We need a new body. This body, it doesn't even last 80 or 90 or 100 years. But he's going to give us a glorified body. What kind of body? The body that Jesus had when he rose from the dead. He had a glorified body. He could, you could touch him. He could eat. Uh, you could hug him. Uh, he had a glorified, he could appear and disappear. That's the kind of body that we're going to have a resurrected body that will last for all eternity. Does everybody understand that? So the rapture is, uh, is a, an essential agree, uh, ingredient in the plan of God to give us a glorified body. So the Bible says, blessed are they that are part of the first resurrection. You got to be on the first train out of here. Somebody say the first train out of here. That's it. That is the first resurrection. Blessed are they that are part of the first resurrection. If you don't make the first, the first train out of here, then you're not going to make it, more than likely, all right? Uh, he gives us a glorified body. And then he does this. Listen to me real carefully because we're going to explain that. He takes his bride. Listen to me now. The Lord, uh, he comes for his bride, and he takes his bride to his father's house. And then number three uh, we enter the bima. The bima is a Greek word which describes a judgment for the believers, all right? Rewards, no rewards, position, no position. Why is that important? Because your position in the thousand-year reign is determined by what you do here on planet Earth. If you don't do anything here for God, you, might, you will not have no position, no crown. There are at least five crowns that every believer uh, can receive, all right? And those crowns in your position in the thousand-year reign with Christ will be determined what you've done here. If you've done nothing, well, I don't know what you're going to do up there. Uh, you'll make it to heaven, praise God, but maybe you'll be the uh, janitor. I don't know. But you'll be something but not with position, all right? Now, in order for us, listen to me real carefully, in order for us to understand the rapture, we have to understand Jewish terminology, all right? Uh, and the book, of da uh, the book of Revelation is full of symbols, Jewish symbols, all right? Like altar, uh, like uh, uh, tabernacle, all right? And also the wedding. So when we talk about weddings, uh, we in the, in the Western, in, uh, Western nations, we, we try to see it with our Western perspective. But that's not the wedding that we're talking about, all right? We're talking about a Jewish wedding. And that Jewish wedding is described in Revelation chapter 19. Verse 7 through 9, and I'm gonna, uh, we're going to go uh, from that to describe this rapture. We're talking about the rapture. Let us be glad. He's talking about the wedding now, the Jewish wedding. Somebody say Jewish wedding. Let us be glad and rejoice and, and give him glory for the marriage of the Lamb. 
has come and his wife, and his wife, somebody say his wife, has made herself ready. And to her it was granted to be arrayed in fine linen, clean and bright, for the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. Then he said to me, Right, blessed are those that are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, These are the true sayings of God. So the Jewish, uh, when he says marriage in chapter 19, he's speaking about uh, Jewish, a Jewish wedding, all right? In, in the Jewish marriage customs in the Bible, uh, 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 it involves three major steps, all right? The first step is the covenant, all right? In other words, uh, uh, a man comes to a woman and he makes a covenant, and the, uh, both families are involved. Not, we're not talking about marriages here in America. This, this is why they don't work. They have sex before marriage. They live together. Uh, uh, it's, uh, you know, uh, we're, uh, we're, we're going to get married, but we're living together. We're not talking about any of that mess, all right? We're talking about a true uh, biblical marriage. Everybody understand that. And the Jewish wedding has three steps. Number one. Uh, uh, once again, they enter into covenant, and uh, after that, uh, after that uh, establishment of the marriage covenant, which binds the couple together as husband and wife, then they are engaged. They are a spouse. It's a legal agreement. Both families are there. Everybody signs. Uh, uh, there is no sex involved, no living together, none of that stuff. They make an agreement, and it's legally binding, all right, on on the couple and also the families. And the the groom, he brings also money, all right, just like uh, uh, Jacob. He paid how many years for Rachel and Leah? Fourteen years, right? So the Jewish wedding, they bring money. They bring cows, whatever, but you bring plenty. Uh, if you really love that woman, say, man, she's worth 10000 Man, she's worth 100000 Maybe she's worth a million. If I can bring a million, I'm going to bring a million to, uh, to get this woman, all right? And then they sign agreements. And then after the agreement is signed, which uh, uh, is legal, the, the groom leaves. Somebody say he leaves. He leaves for what? He goes to prepare a place for his bride. He's not going to live at the, uh, the bride's home, all right? Some men just want to move in with somebody because she's got a house. No, that's, that's not the way it works. A man's got to be a man to have his own house. Can you say man? That's it. And he said, well, I'm going to live with you. It's cheaper, right? No. Uh, he, he goes away. And this could take 12 months or even two or three years. He goes to prepare a place for his wife. Does everybody understand? And then he's going to return, and the bride doesn't know when he's going to return. It's the imminent return, all right? She's got to be ready. So when he's gone preparing a house and a place for his wife, the bride is getting herself ready. She don't know if it's going to be three months, five months, six months, a year, or two years, but she's ready waiting for her loved one or her, 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 her beloved, right? He, she's waiting for the groom, her husband in the future. And then 
the third step, he comes and he takes his bride and he takes his bride to his father's house and there is a physical consummation of the marriage then. They get together and then they, after that marriage is, is consummated, then there is a celebration for seven days. Somebody say seven days. That is the Jewish, that is the Jewish uh, ceremony or the Jewish custom of marriage. Does everybody understand that? In Bible times, it involves three steps. So if we understand the Jewish marriage, then we will understand the mystery of the church, all right? In the first steps, we are espoused to the Lord. Somebody say we are espoused to the Lord. When a person gives his life to the Lord, uh, then you become engaged to the Lord. You see, and then uh, we understand that's Second Corinthians, uh, Corinthians eleven two. Uh, For I have betrothed you to one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. At Second Corinthians eleven two, and then the second step, the Lord will come uh, for His church. Somebody say He will come for His church. In John chapter 14, Jesus described it this way. Let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are how many mansions? Many mansions. If it were not so, I would not have told you. I go. Now listen to that. He, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again. Say it. I will come again and receive you to myself for where I am. There you may be also. Praise God. So... It's a Jewish wedding. Uh, Jesus is espoused to us. We enter into a covenant uh, through our, our, our covenant with Jesus, through bo the being born again. Then Jesus has left. He's coming back, and he's going to take us to his father's house. Can you say amen? And then when he takes us there, we will enter into the, the first step is the bima, the judgment seat of Christ. And then we will enter into the marriage of the Lamb. And there we will celebrate while the earth is going through seven years of tribulation uh, here on the planet. Then we will be uh, in heaven rejoicing and, and in a marriage supper of the Lamb, rejoicing, dancing, and eating, and having a great time. Can you say amen? Praise God. That is very, very powerful. Let's give the Lord a great praise offering for that in the name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. And then my last, my last point is this, which is very important, which is the 12 parables of the kingdom of heaven. And these 12 parables are given in the gospel of Matthew. Now, when the Jewish people, listen to me real carefully, when the Jewish people rejected Christ when he came the first time and thus prevented the setting up of the kingdom, the kingdom of heaven took another aspect, took up another aspect. The kingdom in mystery, in absence of the king. Did everybody get that? Uh, when when uh, they rejected the king, he's the king. He's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. But the Jewish people rejected him. And in the absence of the king now, the kingdom of heaven took on another aspect the kingdom in mystery. This mystery form of the kingdom is described in the kingdom of heaven parables, all right? In Matthew, uh, in the Matthew's gospel, all 12 of them, all right? And if we want to know the character of this period, which covers between Jesus ascending into heaven, 
okay? And the rapture, there's a period now. All this our time here. We have to understand the 12 parables. They describe the character of our time. The time between when Jesus ascended into heaven and the time between when Jesus uh, comes for his church, all right? And one of the 12 parables, one of the 12 is the parable of the 10 virgins. You've read that? That is a parable of the kingdom of heaven that describes what we should be doing now, and it describes the character of this time that we're in. Praise God. All right? It covers the character of this period here. And Jesus, once again, describes us as the virgin, first of all. Remember uh, uh, Paul uh, speaking to Paul and giving him the revelation? Paul speaks to, uh, reveals to, uh, uh, speaks uh, of us as being the virgin, the chaste virgin to Christ, 2 Corinthians 11, 2. And then in Ephesians 5, 27, he said this, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she should be holy and without blemish, all right? So I want to uh, focus on, uh, instill that in you, so that I can give you this one parable of the ten, all right? Uh, the parable of the ten virgins. We are the virgin, okay, presented to the Lord. We were all filthy. We were adulterous. We were up and away. We were uh, uh, demonic. We were filthy. We had a filthy mind. But when we came to Jesus, we became a new creation in the Lord. Can you say amen? Give the Lord a great praise offering for that. Hallelujah. He made us, and now he is preparing us to present us at the wedding ball, uh, a chaste version to the groom, and there we will be married. Can you say amen? So the rapture is a very essential ingredient in the plan of God. It must take place. And remember, the, the tribulation is the wrath of God. God is not going to put wrath on a bride. Can you say amen? He will not do that. Some people believe, but they're misinformed. They believe that uh, the church will go through the great tribulation. Some believe the mid-tribulation. No, we are the bride. Can you say amen? We are the espouse to the Lord. We are going to be the bride. And the groom is not going to put his wrath on the bride. We are special. We are the most special uh, people to the Lord. Can you say amen? And he has reserved us for himself. We are his bride, and we're going to reign with him for a thousand years and for all eternity. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. So we have to understand. If we're going to understand this period in which we're living, you have to understand the 12 parables that are here and that have been given in the absence of the king. All right? Because the kingdom of heaven took on a mystery form now. It is described during this time. So if we want to know what's happening now and what we should do, we have to read those uh, 12 parables. Okay, so in Matthew 25, I will end with this, all right? He says, then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to how many virgins? Ten virgins who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil. What did they take? No oil with them. But the wise took oil in the vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight, when? 
At midnight, a cry was heard. Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. When the bridegroom left, there's no, he's not telling you when he's coming back, but he's coming back. Can you say amen? The bride has got to be ready. And he says, uh, he, he, go out to meet him. Then all of those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, give us some of, the, uh, of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, no, lest there sh uh, should not be enough for us and you, but go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. And those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was what? Shut. Afterwards, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. In Matthew chapter 7, Jesus said that in the la when he comes, many, how many? Many will say, didn't we prophesy? Didn't we go to church? Uh, didn't we cast out devils? And Jesus is going to say to many, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. You aren't really true believers. And then he said, watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor hour in which the Son of Man is coming. He's coming. He'll come tonight. And only one thing is, is holding back uh, the rapture, and that is uh, Romans eleven twenty five. The church has to be complete. When the church is complete, it could be complete tonight. It could be complete tomorrow or next week. But when the church is complete, the fullness of the Gentile, Jesus is going to come to his church, and we're going to meet him in the air. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. So the, this parable of the ten virgins, it is a picture of what's going to happen with the professing church, all right? When Christ comes for his, his people, he teaches us in the parables that you can't distinguish people. They all look saints. They all look holy, right? They all look holy on Sunday or look holy when we, have, uh, when we come to church. But uh, he's coming. He's coming for his true church, right? And he said there's going to be a separation. And uh, the truth from the false professors will be this. This is the supreme test, and that is oil. And oil is a symbol of the Spirit of God, all right? So can you imagine if the percentage is half? Jesus said that very few are going to make it, but I'm going to make it. Raise your hand and say, I'm going to make it. I say, you're going to make it. He's going to come for you. This is the, the greatest event of all human, uh, uh, human history is this second coming of the Lord. And, those thing, and that coming has two phases. But he's coming for his church first. And the supreme test of, they were called virgins. They were the professing. They didn't have no oil, uh, no, the, no, no evidence that the Spirit of God was working in them. Every believer receives the Spirit of God, but uh, you have to now prove it, uh, work out your salvation. And Paul gives us that in Galatians chapter 5. He says uh, those that uh, he, he gives a list of the, the works of the flesh, and then he says this. 
just as I also told you in the past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Everybody understand that? He's talking to the church. He said, here's the list of all the works of the flesh. He said, now we can, we, we're not perfect. We're not, uh, we're not uh, uh, completely perfect until the Lord comes. But we don't practice sin. But he said, if you practice those things, you shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. When you walk in the Spirit, listen, and walk in in love, then you're ready at any moment for, for the bridegroom to come for you. He's coming. He's coming. We're going to be transformed. The uh, people that have died will be resurrected. We will not be resurrected if we're alive. We will be transformed. We will have a new body. They will get a new body. They will get their new body first. Can you say amen? And then we're going to be with the Lord. We're going to reign for it. God has waited since even the beginning of time to uh, snatch his church, to come for his church, the bride of the Lord Jesus. He's coming for the church, and he's coming for us soon. Can you say amen? So there will be proofs in the believer's life. And the proof is that you have the oil. And that oil is uh, the working of the Spirit of God upon your life. And you're not living a double life. You don't have one foot in hell and one in heaven uh, and one foot outside in the world, one in the church. You're going to start living for God. You're going to live 100%. I will not miss this. This is what touched my life. This is what brought me into the kingdom of God, man. I was all messed up, man. Uh, I didn't know where to turn. And when they started talking to me about the second coming, I said, man, this is unbelievable. I, I didn't know that. Uh, uh, how could this be that Jesus, the Lord Jesus, is coming back and he's going to set up his kingdom? What in the world am I doing uh, uh, living without God here? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to study this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give my life to this, and I'm going to come to the Lord 100%. And when I did that, it changed my whole life forever. Can you say amen? Praise God. And he wants to do the same thing for you because he's coming for you. He could come soon, but he'll come when we least expect it. The second coming, listen, I'm going to finish with it. The second coming, when Jesus comes uh, phys uh, physically and visibly to the second uh, to the earth, that is no surprise, and if we know when the Antichrist will manifest himself, he has given us the days, exact number of days, when Jesus is going to come back the second time. So the second time uh, when Jesus comes, that's already been figured out, but the rapture's not. And not even the devil knows when that's going to take place. Nobody knows, only the Father knows when that's going to take place. But he's coming for us. He is eager. I can imagine Jesus, you know, he sits at the right hand side of the Father. I believe he's standing up already. Already. He's standing up. He says, I'm ready. I'm coming for my church. I'm going to get him out of there. And then when he does that, seven years of tribulation will become so horrible you can't even imagine what it's going to be, it's going to be horrible, horrible, horrible. But we don't have to go through that. We are the spouse. We were not appointed to wrath. Wrath is coming, the wrath of God. Praise God. Let's stand up.
Would you please? Would you lift your hands and, and start talking to the Lord this morning? Would you please? You have to be ready. You have to be ready. I wish I could decide for you or maybe your spouse. You said, I wish my spouse would decide for me. Nobody can decide for you. It's you, just you, nobody, not a pastor, not your relatives, not your mother, not your father. Nobody can decide for you. You have to.